Hello there, this is Daniel Hodge, and I play Darth Malak and Kendris in Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic series. This is the Old Republic Podcast. Be sure to check out their Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. Today, we are recording live from the Isis Cantina and having a good time. So, got some drinks, so I'll make some clinking noises. Uh, yeah that we don't have to edit out, you know? Um, and today we're joined by a great guest, uh, Johan. Uh, could you introduce yourself and uh, kind of how you came to uh, find our podcast? Today we're talking a bit like kind of about uh, stories, the hero's journey, heroine's journey, the monomyth, all that. Uh, and it's just kind of like a fun, like, shooting the breeze, kind of like we're meeting in a cantina just talking about stories, you know? And I think that's magical. That, that's right. I, I feel I feel very much like a like an artist or poet, you know, uh, getting together at the coffee shop to uh, share ideas and uh, share philosophies. And uh, that's, yeah, kind of what we're doing today, obviously, in the uh, in the cantina. But getting back to a topic that we love to talk about uh, here on the Old Republic podcast and in the uh, Inspired a Galaxy world. Yeah. So uh, what is your perspective on the monomyth? Like, how did you discover it? Um, I discovered the monomyth um, way back when I uh, joined the uh, then Ebon Hawk podcast. Uh, Cassia told me that I needed to learn about it. Now, uh, um, <laughs> that, that's that's not entirely true. Um, I I don't know. I'd never really like studied it beyond you know obviously being a big Star Wars fan and any kind of documentary you'd watch or um, you know if go to like the like the magic and myth show and you know it kind of it kind of ties all of this stuff back into you know the hero of a thousand faces and uh the hero's journey and uh, joseph campbell and all that stuff so i never really like i don't know i didn't like study it like like on like its face value um so to speak but that's one of the things that we learn from joseph campbell and kind of his research and um you know that was that you know whether whether you're really um you know doing a deep dive on exactly what you know, the monomyth is or not. Um, it's still something that you're living and still something you're seeing in stories because that's how people have been telling stories for um, thousands and thousands of years. So, you know, I, I was always one to be like big into, you know, reading stories and absorbing stories, you know, watching movies, um, things like that, and kind of analyzing like how, how stories worked. Um, you know, if you, if you kind of catch my meaning, I wasn't necessarily studying it in like a hero's journey uh, sort of a thing, but just kind of in the way that stories were structured and the way that stories were told. Um, and then, you know, as as you get older and, and kind of go through college and, and do that and you start um, thinking about things uh, a little more uh, academically kind of, um, I guess. So that's really when I would have started to 
you know get more into okay well that's the way stories are told but why are they told that way um why do all of the stories have you know kind of the same uh kind of story structure um what's what's the deal with that and then so you know coupled with you know, star wars and you know seeking out kind of the same inspirations that uh george lucas had and um you know things like that and then obviously then you know coming into um longer form storytelling uh which is what i like to think of what you and i do uh cassie on the podcast but you know really sort of trying to pin down exactly um you know telling your own stories and how story structures are working and um you know things like uh, joseph campbell the hero with a thousand Th- faces um you know vogler's book um that we've uh, talked about and had on the podcast um you really get kind of a good education on it but i didn't like i said i really didn't start studying it until much later in my life you know not like not like someone else on the podcast who has been uh living the uh, hero's journey life for a long time so i wrote something down so if it sounds like i'm kind of reading something that's what i'm reading off of uh, a piece of paper so i wrote down i love and believe in the power of stories i find value in all types of stories like whether it's novels films fairy tales folk tales and myths i love the old tales i love their tradition and Perhaps it was natural that I would grow to be fascinated with the monomyth uh, because like, I was like, what influenced George Lucas when he was creating Star Wars? And there were three main um, inspirations that I kind of stumbled on. Uh, the Hidden Fortress by Akira Kurosawa, uh, Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon, those kind of film serials, and The Hero with a Thousand Faces. So I decided to read The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And when I happened upon it, I absorbed everything Campbell said in The Hero with a Thousand Faces, perhaps like too trustingly. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Campbellian and Mythic Thought were the lenses through which I absorbed my learnings. Uh, Perhaps this led to some impediments I had to outgrow, but as I learned to critique Campbell, I came to appreciate him, uh, his students, uh, and detractors more, and I kind of like came to realize like he never wanted to be the final say. He just... uh, talked about mythology and how it's ever changing, ever evolving. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't need to, you know, like, quote unquote, deify Campbell. We just can uh, kind of add to what he has said. And where we need to critique him, we can. The circle isn't complete yet, you know? And mm-hmm. as I did that, I began to make sense of the monomyth and see my own path of interpretation and... I'm still learning uh, because the monomyth represents the journey of life that we're all on. And I've only lived once and I'm still figuring out everything. And I'm okay to always be learning because mythology is never meant to be final or like quote unquote canon. Um, Mm -hmm. All we can do is interpret our uh, during our lives. And that that's what I would say. That was kind of my, long answer to that but uh that's kind of how i discovered the monomyth and some of the thoughts i have on it so as i as i grew up 
Yeah, and you you make a good point. Um, you know, Joseph Campbell and um in the series The Power of Myth, when you're hearing kind of him talk about his his own work, he he wasn't really you know trying to you know put his own like stamp on on the monomyth. He wasn't you know with the hero with a thousand faces. He wasn't trying to say this is how it's done. It was more like observational, right? He was like this this is how it's it's been done. This is how you know, I see it. It wasn't like something that, that he necessarily came up with himself. He was just, he was just the observer, um, of the way that these stories were being told, you know, around the world and across civilizations, you know, throughout, um, you know, recorded history. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's a good point that he, it, it wasn't necessarily like, uh, like, you know, to, to make himself a, a deity in the sense of storytelling. It was, it was just something that he observed and was able to put, you know, pen to paper to explain it to us all. Yeah. Life doesn't really fall into a perfect system. Nature is constant, but life is ever changing. That's the, that's the constant is it's ever changingness. And I, I like the points you you brought up because as much as I love stories, you know, um, sometimes people, according to Campbellian thought, like people are heroes if they do good, but everyone thinks they're good, you know, uh, even if like they're, they're committing acts of, of evil, you know? And Mm -hmm. I guess like the, Like, I just finished Epic Continent by Nicholas Jubber, and uh, he was kind of talking about how, like, stories can be used to manipulate people. Uh, The Ring Cycle, it's it's an interesting, fascinating story that inspired Tolkien, you know, to create the Middle Earth and the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit, Cimmerillion, and everything else, but... uh, German politicians in that time could use the themes in that story to um, forward their their evil ideas, you know. And um, I guess what makes someone a hero, because um, I, I don't just study the monomyth to be like, I'm a hero, you can worship me, you know. Um, the journey we are all on is life and if you're maturing and individuating and helping uh, past, present, and future generations, you're a hero. And I think the stories that stay with us are the positive ones, and they outlive the negatives. But I think there can be um, that element of uh, control and manipulation. Like, I was even watching... uh, into the Inferno on Netflix. Uh, it's a Warner Herzog documentary, and they're talking about how, like, some of the folk tales about uh, a volcano in North Korea were appropriated by uh, Kim Jong Un and Kim Jong Il uh, to forward uh, their state propaganda. You know, and. If there's anything you can take away from our pod is that we are not pro-appropriating volcano propaganda to elevate the state above the the people, you know. Uh, so, uh, what do you what do you guys think? Like, 
are stories inherently good or evil or what do you guys think? Um, so I think that stories, I, I don't know, I guess on the, like the foundation of a story, I, every story is told or written down or, you know, said out loud or acted on screen to send, send a certain message. And that's, you know, going to be the, the storytellers, um, perspective on it. Um, uh, but we talked a little bit, um, before Cassia that when, when you're absorbing a story, you're kind of meeting it halfway, right? So you're getting the perspective of the, of the storyteller. Um, but then as the, uh, the story <laughs> taker inner, uh, you know, the story observer listener, um, you're, you're meeting it with your own, um, kind of expectations and, uh, life experience and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, stories are, you know, at a, at a very base level, you know, propagandized to the viewpoint of the person telling the story, and then it's up to the audience to to sort of read into it to understand what the person telling the story is trying to convey, um, and what you're trying to get out of out of the story. Because there's, yeah, like like you said with people, it, it's so much uh, nuance in the world, and no two people are going to see um, something the the same exact way. So, um, yeah, I think that you know our stories our stories for good our heroes good you know it it you know that's that's in the eye of the beholder i guess yeah uh and you you kind of brought up some some good points uh about how the monomyth can be inculcated into the human being and kind of to teach uh and shape, like, uh, people to have imagination, mm -hmm. empathy, and mercy. Yeah, no, exactly. Stories, yeah, are, are super important, and that's kind of one of the, the neat things about stories is that they will grow with you um, as you um, grow up, and even, even good stories will kind of grow um, over time. Uh, you know, if you look at really good, like, coming-of-age stories, you see them in a completely different light, you know, from the time that you're um, young hearing those stories versus, you know, when you're older and you have different life experiences. Um, so I think that that's pretty neat because, you know, as, as children, we get these stories. We get fairy tales and bedtime stories and stuff like that. And, you know, kids mostly see the world, you know, pretty black and white, right? Don't hit your brother. That's bad. You know, share your toys. That's good. Um, you know, you get you get those kind of things. But as you as you grow up, you understand, you know, there's there's more nuance in the world and stories sort of evolve that way. But yeah, at a, at a very like base level um, for people and you know, especially as as young kids and things, stories are really good because they set kind of kind of this bar for you know, for, for your own, like, morality and um, things like that. Now, you know, obviously that bar is going to, to shift and move around as you gain different life experiences, but that kind of sets the baseline uh, for you as you go through through life, you know, kind of those first lessons, and a lot of those are um, ins instilled through uh, stories that were told by parents or, um, you know, through your religion or, or whatever the whatever the case is. And, um, you know, hopefully hopefully that bar, that baseline is is a good one and it gets you gets you ready to go out into the world and kind of make your own decisions then off of that. Yeah. And I believe as humans, we share as much as our respectable differences. I I believe that stories um, from all over the world share certain threads uh, of 
I guess, humanity's tapestry that uh, we're still weaving. We're all part of that tapestry, and the monomyth highlights our commonalities, and I think that uh, stories can highlight our universal human goodness as well and teach us lessons like about virtues, uh, chivalry, camaraderie, uh, family, whether it's the ones you're born with or the ones you find. Uh, and I think stories are great at sharing, uh, at shaping that. Um, I mean, yesterday I just bought a collection of fairy tales because I love the illustrations and I bought them for me, you know? <laughs> and uh, I just love reading different interpretations and I'm all, speaking of uh, Maria Tatar from earlier, uh, I'm reading her The Fairest of Them All, Snow White and the 21 Tales of Mothers and Daughters, uh, and she talks about different stories that kind of seem are, are similar to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves from all around the world, you know, and uh, they share common themes like to the to the black, white, and red motifs that are uh, so prominent in that story, you know, and the dwarves and nature and uh, the tension between the stepmother, mother figure, and the daughter as she uh, grows older. So, yeah. I think so. The, the first Knights of the Old Republic, I, I think pretty much stays within the in the boundaries of the the monomyth of that hero's journey uh story i certainly have to you have to be a little bit loose with the exact structure because it's a role-playing game it's just kind of the nature of the way of the medium that the story is being told in but i think that knights of the old republic 2 definitely has um you know way more nuance it's not as linear it's not you know telling a specific like hero's journey um, in a way, but in a way it is, I mean, you could still go through the steps and you could still make those identifications and, uh, you know, that's still, you know, how, how stories are structured. I mean, so that, you know, the, the monomyth is part of Knights of the Old Republic too, even though kind of the content of that story, um, you know, delves way deeper, um, into, <laughs> into personal psyche and loss and, uh, things like that than Knights of the Old Republic one does. So yeah, in, in a way, the, the story that it's telling is very different, but I think that the structure of the story is still, is still pretty much right in line with that. Uh, but what about you, uh, Cassia, what do you think? Um, so with Knights of the Old Republic one, I would say that it is, the traditional hero's journey, the adventurer's quest. Um, but you're kind of the ultimate bad guy, you know? So it's like you get to see, like, I guess the canonical standpoint from Knights of the Old Republic is that you turn good, you know? You turn mm -hmm. to the light side. So it's like you get to see how... Um, someone was given a second chance through the force, through the force bond, you know, and is able to kind of save someone the way they were saved. And that's why I just like love, uh, Revan 
Bastila and Karth, and, like, you get to see basically the Ebon Hawk crew um, rise above uh, their struggles, not because they're not hard, but um, they, they work through them, you know, um, and I guess a message from Knights of the Old Republic is counsel, not cancel, like, try to help people become better, you know, and I, I think that's beautiful, and then Knights of the Old Republic 2, um, it's a, it's kind of a, an atonement story, I think, um, so I do think it works within the monomyth structure, but maybe from more of a heroine's uh, journey perspective of atonement and kind of like righting the wrongs and finding wholeness within. Um, so it's kind of a, maybe a little bit more meta, a little bit more uh, of a self-examination, you know? So it's kind of two different mm -hmm. tales just told with different tones and for different intents, but at the at the whole they're they're still Star Wars, you know. Uh they're still great stories uh for people to uh to learn from. Yeah, definitely. I think that good stories inspire us and teach us lessons. Um if they really get us to think and uh, change something about ourselves or get us to think more, that's a good thing, uh, rather than just, like, kind of entertaining uh, people, you know, as, like, yeah. a consumption, you know. Uh, I think it's good to create change in our lives rather than uh, just consuming. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely has to have, you know, those two things, because if the story is, is not interesting or intriguing on some level, then, you know, no one's going to take the time to pay any attention to it. Um, and there does have to be some sort of some sort of overarching lesson to the story, because that's what makes it a story. Like, even if you have, you know, kind of the most like, you know, uh, popcorn, just have a good time, just, you know, turn your brain off and just absorb, uh, you know, this, this blockbuster movie. I mean, that, that still is going to have a lesson in it because in order for it to be a story, there has to be some sort of conflict and the way that you're overcoming the conflict. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely it's going to have to have those two things because if, if you don't, then it's not a story that people are going to, to care enough to listen to or to seek out or to read and you know if it doesn't have you know at least kind of that central uh plot point of having some sort of conflict then it's it's really not much of a story it's more of just a just a statement so yeah characters have to change exactly and i mean even like I said, even, you know, kind of the most, you know, just uh, just turn the story on for background noise. I mean, it's it's still going to present something in such a way that you're going to, you know, interpret it via your own uh, life experience. So I think that there's, you know, something to something to take away from, you know, kind of any story that you're absorbing. And yeah, hopefully the the story, um, you know, is good and will help change uh you know, paradigms and make you think about things differently than you did maybe uh, before before you started the story um, or, you know, at least see a different perspective on something. What are some critiques of the monomyth uh, 
and Campbellian thought, if you have any, that you uh, kind of think of? Um, I, I, not, not really much in the way of like critiques, because I, <laughs> I view it as kind of the monomyth is is what it is. Um, but I think when you look at something like the the hero's journey, um, and the way that it's structured, it. Uh, it doesn't leave a lot of room for nuance, um, for nuanced characters. Um, everything's a little bit more uh, black and white, and um, you know, especially in storytelling and in films and things that we've been getting uh, lately, we're starting to see a lot more nuance um, in, yeah. our, in our villains and our heroes, um, and that. So I, I think that it doesn't leave a lot of room for nuance. And then also, um, you know, something we've talked about a couple of times. Uh, Cassia is it doesn't um, take into account of you know any other type of storytelling um, so like uh, the heroine's journey um, that Murray Murdoch kind of identified and, and put together it you know it it leaves out a big segment of uh, stories being told and the way that stories could be structured so um, those would be kind of my critiques on it I I guess but um, they're not really critiques as much as you know it just it, it just kind of is what it is um, and that's yeah. just the way that, that stories are structured but you know if you if you break it down or if you're if you're implementing the hero's journey like to tell a story um, I just think you should be mindful that you know there are some there is some potential for nuance and there is potential that, you know, maybe there are other types of stories that can be told um, than just the straight, uh, you know, cyclical uh, hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a, another way to interpret stories. I think uh, just kind of like how there's never one final say in mythology, you know, and, I'm glad that you brought up that book, uh, The Greeks and Us, because I learned a lot from it. Um, it really got me thinking more. Um, I guess uh, my critique of the monomyth is kind of how maybe it doesn't communicate to people um, that the that the monomyth is meant to be symbolic and figurative storytelling pattern rather than something literal because some people think like oh if you like the hero's journey you think you're the hero of a story you know in your life you know you're just lucky uh but in in the monomyth uh everyone is the hero of their own life and like it's or rather they are the adventurer in their own life and they're meant to uh to mature individuate and do good as they go about the ways of life you know um and like i'm a writer and i i love mythology and like it's just funny because sometimes i say like oh i love the hero's journey and then some people interpret it like oh she thinks she's the hero of her own life. And it's like, no, I, I wonder if I'm even a supporting character, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, it, it's funny. That is one of the neat things about, about the hero's journey. I know we were just talking about our critiques, but one of the things that I, I do really like about it and its simplicity is that if you blow a story up, um, if you take a look, you know, past, past the pages and uh, past the hero of the hero's, uh, journey 
all of the other characters are on their own hero's journey and the way that those circles uh, kind of come together and overlap. You know, we talked a, a bit about that back when we talked about Star Wars and the Ring Theory, uh, Cassia, is that, you know, all of the hero's journey, you know, they kind of overlap and they intersect at different different portions because, you know, you look at like Luke Skywalker obviously is the, is the hero of Star Wars. You know, it's his hero's journey that we're, that we're on and you know obi-wan is his mentor in the story but obi-wan is on his own hero's journey and he's coming at it from a different point so it's it's really interesting if you think of a story in that way and that you can you can kind of blow it up to like a you know a a a galaxy-wide view of it and you just see all of these uh circles and the way that they're um kind of intermixing and uh contrasting and going over top of one another um i think is is really neat and kind of a fun exercise to think about the the hero's journey and that one hand it's it's simple but on the other hand it can be very complex if you think about it that way yeah i guess besides star wars and kotor what do you guys think are some uh tales of the monomyth that are told particularly well um on on one hand, once it, once a story is told, that that story is told. But I, I think that it's fine to revisit stories um, because, you know, whoever is whoever is telling the story is going to have a different perspective um, and a different angle of telling the story. Um, even even if the intentions are the same, the the delivery and the message is still going to um, be a little different. So I think it's fine to revisit stories and and update them and and refresh them and. Um, you know, especially in things like that that are older stories, you know, uh, they might not be applicable to, uh, you know, modern day, the way that you're living your life. So I think that it's um, I think that it's OK um, to refresh stories and to revisit them. Yeah. And I kind of see stories as set in stone, but also they flow like water. Um, some things are final. uh and then some things can be reinterpreted. So it's kind of both aspects, I would say. Oh, I was just trying to see like if that sound was gonna go down. Um, but, uh, were you asking the question, like, what's final about them? Um, I think the author's intent is usually kind of set in stone. It's a product of its time. Uh, but as long as people are reading things, they're going to be bringing their own interpretations to it. So I think, like, books and stories can be uh, a product of their time, but also timeless. Yeah. And then, Brian, um, mm -hmm. what do you think, uh, what stories do you think are uh, portray the monomyth uh, very well? in your opinion um i 
I think um, if you're if you're looking outside of Star Wars, I think that <laughs> we've talked about it a couple of times now. But I think that Lord of the Rings is probably, um, you know, of the of the stories that I know, is probably the most <laughs> kind of dead on on the hero's journey to where they're actually, <laughs> you know, the story is being told in a way that they're like exactly lining up with the steps and the exact location. Like they're literally going to uh, the inmost cave. They're literally uh, <laughs> being rewarded uh, with things. So um, I think that's that's probably the big one. But I mean, really kind of any story. And if you think about the stories that you that you love the most, um, either it's going to be the ones that stick out to you. So I'm a big fan of uh, Jurassic Park. So I love that one. I really love um, It's a Wonderful Life. I think that that is a really good um, sort of uh, dictation of the hero's journey. Um, and the monomyth. Uh, so I, I think that that one is, but really, I think, you know, just kind of individually, if you think of the stories that you like, uh, you probably identify with them in some way and you're going to just kind of <laughs> say, well, that's, that's the best because, you know, this one, this one lines up exactly right. And it does to you because, you know, it, it's your favorite and you're the one that, that's getting the most out of it. But if I had to just say, this is an example of something you should read or watch then uh the lord of the rings is probably the most ideal one um and in particular um having you know read read the book multiple times and seen the movie a uh, hundred times the film adaptation is even more like <laughs> dead to the the hero's journey so huh that's good to know i'm working on the hobbit right now i'm listening to that so excellent excellent good book, good book. I'm, I'm late to the party but <laughs> I'm 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 coming to the party, you know. I'll be That's like right. Thorin. So <laughs> as, you'll yeah. be fashionably late, but as long as you get to the party, that's the most important part. Yeah, and it's been a fun episode. Yeah, and if anyone out there listening is interested in uh, uh, joining in on the uh, Discord, the fun we got there, just send us a message on Twitter or on uh, my Instagram, and I'll uh, get you guided in the right direction there. Yeah. Um. Today was a fun uh, live, you know, uh, episode from the Isis Cantina. And I think we've been informed that uh, Isis Cantina is, you know, closing for the night. So uh, it was a fun episode, but we'll be back to you guys uh, in the future. So may the force be with you. Public podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Older Public Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Older Public Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>